0: Morning everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Sunday. If those are here live. Thanks for being here on a Sunday AM. If you're tuning in and I think from Israel, you're like what's the big deal? It's a regular work day. It's a big deal for Americans. Thanks so much, especially now. I think I don't know if we're in Labor Day yet, but we're like we're in that zone. People get very touchy when it comes to Labor Day. It's like the end of the summer. Those who are tuning in any day, tuning in, I appreciate it. Any day, any time, thanks so much. And whenever you tune in, even if it's your first time, we appreciate you being here. Stick with us, even if we're saying concepts that we've been talking about. We all circle around because we're not trying to get around; we're trying to get in. We're talking a lot about being empowered, happy. I want to share with you a story that I heard over the weekend. When I first heard this story, it seemed like some far out nice story of an incredible individual who I will never be like. And then I heard it again over the weekend. And still, the person is someone who I can never be like. But now that we've been spending a lot of time delving into this, this work, I started to realize that what we're doing is really moving towards this. Let me share with you the story. The story of a rabbi named Rabbi El Yashiv. Rabbi El Yashiv was the, so to speak, undisputed greatest rabbi of, or one of the greatest rabbis of his age. He passed away recently, maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little more. And he lived in Israel. And the way it works, for those who are unfamiliar, there are rabbis and sages let's say they're sages and it happens to be that some sages reached the level of being like the sage of the sage and this is in Hebrew called gadol hador or gadol hador depending on how you pronounce Hebrew words Rabbi was an undisputed gadol hador so you can imagine the stature of this man revered he was a more of an angel than a man Well, one day he was sitting on a court of law. A lot of times what sages do is they spend time adjudicating disputes. They apply law. So he was sitting on, in Hebrew it's called a Beit Din. He was sitting on a a court of law, of Jewish law, and he disputed, he, he ruled in one way, and there were people in his community that were upset with his ruling. Now, not everybody seems to ascribe to the, to the approach of respecting authority. And one day he was walking home. If you just picture the scene of walking home through the streets of Jerusalem to his modest apartment, even though he was the undisputed leader. And he sees a man approach him. He says, hello. And the man stops about five feet from him and reaches into his plastic shopping bag And he pulls out an egg. And if you can even picture this scene, from five feet, he throws the egg at the rabbi. Can you imagine? Then he reaches into his bag and throws another egg at the rabbi. Then he reaches into his bag and throws a third egg at the rabbi. And he yells at him for his ruling. Can you just imagine it? Now this rabbi, an old man, a life of piety is dripping shells and yoke. Now you can imagine what's going on now. It's in a, it's all apartments and the place is going crazy. They're all watching. And it's like looking outside what the rabbi is going to do. I mean, you could probably like say a word and like the guy will just like die. Like I'm sure he like can say like the name of God and he'll just like die. And the rabbi reaches into his pocket And he pulls out a handkerchief and there's a rule there's a jewish law that says that rabbis can't walk around with stained clothing they have to represent something and if you walk around stained clothing it doesn't look nice for the torah so he takes out his handkerchief and this man can you just picture the man is standing and watching expecting the rabbi to respond expecting the rabbi maybe to be embarrassed or to walk away and he pulls out the handkerchief and calmly he just brushes off the, the shells, he cleans himself as best as he possibly could, and when that's all done, he composes himself and he looks at the man and he says the following. Now, if this is you, what would you say? Like, if this is me. Like, first I'd be looking for the gun. You know, so I really wouldn't. But like, you know, like, what, what would I be thinking? Like, how? At best, if this is me at like my best, like my best, I'd be like holding back what I really want to say and just like huffing off. Like that would be like, that would be like the best that I can muster up. Not responding. And then thinking about what I would have told him for like the next month, right? That's what I'd be doing. What did Rebel Yashiv do? Roshul looked at me and he said, my son, I want to give you a blessing. Can you imagine? Just imagine this. He said, with God's help, you should be busy with much more important matters in this he smiled and he walked away now if that wasn't incredible you had to go watch the end of the story a year ago most of the day he's walking by the same path and someone says to him remember that guy he goes no that guy he goes yeah I remember he goes well his wife just gave birth to three kids, to triplets, one per egg. Now I heard the story first, I'm thinking, wow, it's good that he'd throw the whole carton at him. Can you imagine if he was throwing the whole carton at the rabbi? <laughs> Dude, he'd really have a lot to, to think about. He'd have a, a lot on his hands. But it, the story, when I heard it for the first time, like, felt to me like, yeah, okay. Like, welcome to the world of, like, create what they call in Yiddish mention. Like, these are like, This rabbi is not a human being. He's an angel in the body of a human being. Can you imagine someone throwing eggs to you and you give him a blessing? And not only that, you give him a blessing with so much meaning that it comes true, that you really meant it. But then it started to get to me. This is what I want to talk to you today about. What we're doing when we talk about happiness is trying to really do one fundamental thing. We're trying to detach our circumstance with our expectation and our response. Circumstance is an outside factor. Who I am, how I think, how I feel is separate. How I feel... And what happens to me are two distinct things. 99.9% of the world, they're connected. You can make me feel a certain way. So if I walk down the street and you come up to me and hand me a million dollars, I'm going to feel good. And if I come down the street and you throw an egg at me, I'm going to feel bad. This happened this weekend somebody said something to me he wasn't trying to be offensive maybe it was very offensive whatever happened happened and I remember going whatever it's fine and I like I, I tried afterwards I'm like don't get offended don't get offended don't get offended don't get offended he didn't mean it he didn't know he didn't know stop it don't get offended I'm like in my head I'm like and it, it, I worked on it I wasn't offended before I, I saw the guy. Someone's words can offend me. Someone's words can change my feelings. Yeah. Because when we live a whole life and we've never once tried to detach circumstance from feelings, then now they're interconnected. And they're really interconnected. But as long as we allow circumstance to be the dominant factor to our feelings, then happiness is based on what happens to us. we got to hope for a good day. Gotta hope nobody gets mad at you. You gotta hope nobody says the wrong thing to you. You gotta hope that it's beautiful out in the morning. Because if it's not, you're gonna get it, you're going you're gonna be thrown. When that man threw the eggs at the rabbi, if you can like picture it, what the man was doing was if you can just like picture in your head, this is how I was picturing when I was listening to the story. I can almost picture like them walking on the street and he throws the eggs and like, almost like, like a boxing ring forming around them, you know, like almost like an, invi- almost like a boxing ring comes around. And like, you know, the game begins, like those old Western movies, you know, like, and, like all of a sudden, like you come out of the saloon and like, all of a sudden, like, it's like a boxing ring. They're about to like, but the only really way that you win in boxing really, as if you're sitting in the owner's booth. No? Because even if you win the boxing match, you're getting hit in the head like a 100 times. You don't win in boxing. How could you win in boxing? Because you happen to not die? Like, to win a boxing match, the goal is like, be the guy who didn't get knocked nearly unconscious that you couldn't come to your feet within 10 seconds. Like, boxing, for those who are familiar with the sport, is the way you win, mostly, is when you knock the guy out so badly that he is so disoriented that he can't come to his knees or his feet within 10 seconds. That means the way you win in boxing is you hope to almost not almost die. The guy who's, like, winning in boxing, he's not actually winning in life. He's in a rink beating the life of another human being for some money because it can't possibly be for fun it's not like football like it's not like he's playing a sport the sport is killing other people how in that how in the world could that be fun like there's no ball or clock or you know hoop it's killing there's nothing you get for killing so again, if you have no choice or whatever it is, or you could somehow pretend like now it's like a sport called like, you know, mixed martial arts, like how that became a sport where the, now if you're doing it to work out, fine. If you're doing it to protect yourself, amazing. If you're doing it because you want to use it as a way to keep your body in shape, awesome. If you're doing it as a way to beat other people up, how in the world is that a sport? I'm not sure, but it is. You're doing it. I can't imagine that human beings doing it for the fun of it. Like I can't imagine him was like, "What do I want to do today?" You know, be amazing. Like, let's just find someone and beat him up. I just can't imagine that like humans think this way. So let's assume you give you the benefit of that you're doing it because you're getting paid for it. And boxers get paid a lot of money. Who wins? The guy who doesn't die? I don't know. I think the guy who wins is the guy in the booth, the guy who organizes. The, if, if, if it's a game of money, the guy who's running the whole show. He's the guy who's winning. So here you have this scene where the guy puts a ring around the rabbi and he's like, come on. Or he says something and the rabbi looks at him and goes, are you kidding me? You think I'm going to fight you? You think the circumstance is going to impact my feelings? No. What you say doesn't matter. Wait, you, you can't you can't impact me because of what you're saying and what you're doing. You're not impact. I'm not going to send into the ring and fight you because even if I win, I lose. How many fights have we had in our lives with people? Did we win when we were right? Yeah. Families are fighting. You think they win when one when one person's right? Couples fight. You think one of the spouses win when they are proven correct. You think you win as when you when you show your kids that you're right. Like the cup, wake up and be awesome, my friend. God, Friedman got this for me. Great man, incredible speaker, incredible rabbi. You don't win when you fight. You win when you. Ascend from the ring when you hover above it, and when you can detach yourself from that. Think of being the rabbi. How about ten percent? You get to look at it in a new perspective. You see that guy who through the accident, the rabbi didn't realize. I don't think the guy happened to be married for ten years trying to have children and couldn't have children. I don't know if the rabbi knew or not. Maybe he did. Maybe he understood that for a grown man to throw three eggs at an old rabbi is not normal. And maybe the guy had too much time in his head. Maybe he was suffering from something else. Maybe he was clearly in a position of non-rationality. He didn't have to descend into the world and beat him up. He was able to recognize that when someone acts this way, it's coming from a different place. You know how many fights that we get into in life? It's coming from someone else, not being insensitive. They're, they're insecure. There are people that are insecure. People don't know. People are scared. Most of the stuff that goes on in this world, everyone, it's not from bad people. Most people aren't bad. Maybe the rabbi knew with Ruach HaKodesh, but let's assume that he didn't. Let's assume the rabbi just realized that I'm not going to engage in a circumstance that's gonna lower my happiness. I'm gonna give this man the benefit of the doubt that he's struggling with something. Maybe he's got too much time on his hands. And so we gave him a blessing that you should have better things to worry about. And the blessing came true. That's what we're trying to get to. What we're trying to work on here is not like, how do I feel happy? What we're trying to work on together is how do I detach circumstance from feeling so I can be empowered always? So that I could assert my control over the environment, not to control it, to make me win, but to allow me to see and understand at a deeper level what's going on, to allow me to always bring my blessing to the world that I'm in. To walk into a room and be a blessing to the room. You know, people walk into rooms and they're like, they're like raging for a fight. They're so insecure. You say the wrong thing and it's a thing. This is part of momentum. You go on a momentum trip. There's always one or two. It's not a lot, thank God. God protects me, really protects me. There's always like one or two guys. Not always. Hopefully there won't be in the future. In the past, you go on a trip of like 200 men. In the past, there have been like one or two guys. It's like, like, can can you just be happy? You gotta have a problem with it. What's the problem? What's the problem? You're sitting in Israel for a week. What? We didn't give you enough time to eat. We got you in the bus too early. Come on. It's always those types. They're always being drawn into the negativity. And if it's not with a human being, it's with the circumstances of the world. They come through their day and life starts well and things just don't work out the way they want. And they're thrown. They're just thrown. They're always, everywhere you look, if you can imagine a ring being formed around them, of whatever the things in the ring, the circumstance, the virus, the person, the boss, they're always engaged in the fight. And they think that they win by winning. The fight's the loss. The fight is the loss. As soon as you fight with anything, you lose. If you have no choice, you have no choice. Okay, you have to defend yourself. If the guy would have came with a knife, Rabbit wouldn't have been like, you know, it's been a pleasure. I, I don't know what the Rabbit would have done, but like, okay. You know, you don't surround in Israel and you're like, I hope everyone's nice to us. And all of a sudden, like, they're coming in with tanks. And you're like, can you please? We want to be, we want to ascend above this struggle. You got, okay, if you have no choice, you have no choice. But to descend into it, where it sucks at your whole life, now you're being thrown every which way. You're like a reed. Everywhere the wind blows is where we are. And a lot of us live this way. I'll just call it out. I do. This is why we're talking about it. We live in a space where our emotions are being controlled by circumstance. But when we recognize that happiness is a choice and we work at it the way we've been talking about it, go back to a few episodes, when we're givers, not takers, when we recognize that Every circumstance I could be adding value to. We recognize that nothing comes at me for no reason. We recognize that I don't have to change my feelings because of this. I don't even know what that's going to mean. I, don't, I can't see the future, the illusion of validity. I don't know if this is good or bad. Okay, take out extremes. but like the, I don't know if my boss letting, you know, this happens so many times in life where someone gets fired from a job and has no choice but to do something that was so much better for them or a relationship falls apart that was so much better for them. I don't know. Or a kid who's so, how many families do I know who has a kid who is drives them insane? You know that kid that drives you insane? The one that he, if you had him first, you only would have had one. And then later in life, realize that that kid brought the whole family together and, and made the parents become much greater than and brought. And they look back. Remember we spoke about this last week about Irving Yalom and the cancer patients. Like, how do we know? So when when you approach life and circumstances come at you, the goal is not to descend in. The goal is to first detach and ascend. Gain clarity and perspective. Remind yourself a million times. I don't have to feel based on the circumstance. I don't have to be disempowered because you're in a bad mood. I have to be disempowered because you're vulnerable, because you're insecure. Really? I got to I gotta be disempowered because you you said something you shouldn't say. Really? Because you don't have no filter in your head. I got to be disempowered. Really? How does that work? It's insane. I got to be disempowered because the news has to sell news. So when you put on your thing, they got to get you to watch them for more than 30 seconds so they can pay by their advertisers. So they find the worst thing in the world to show you. And you, your day's got to be ruined because they got to pay their bills. Why? As soon as we start to recognize that feelings and circumstances are separate and our job and our goal is to ascend above, to almost see the ring form or just watch that ring form around us and stop it. I'm not playing. I'm going up to the owner's box. You gain control and gain clarity. You know what happens? You become a blessing. You become a blessing. Can you be like the rabbi? I don't know. Let's say we're 10% of that rabbi. Would that not be a life worth living? All right, we'll continue this. Thanks so much for tuning in on a Sunday. I appreciate it. Whenever you turn in, really, whenever you tune in. I appreciate it so much. You guys, you guys are family. We should have the opportunity today and every day to wake up and to be awesome all day long. All right, have a great day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.